Thank you, Chip. I appreciate that. Thank you, church, for singing out. It's good to see everybody this first Sunday of 2023. Uh, I guess it's just another day on the calendar, according to Jeremy, so uh, uh, never mind that introduction I had. We'll just throw that right out. Uh, anyway, it is good to see everybody, and I do have high hopes for this year, and I hope that you do too. Um, I had a student write an essay for me a few years ago, and the theme of the essay, or the point of the essay basically was that Superman isn't actually a hero, because a hero has to be someone that you can relate to, and Superman is so powerful and so invulnerable, and he has so many other powers that he's just, he's not relatable. And I realized he's exactly right. Superman is not a hero. Clark Kent is a hero. The whole point of the Superman saga is not Superman. It's Clark Kent. And once I realized that, I realized just about every superhero story you've ever heard has the superhero and the secret identity, except Iron Man, because he's nuts. But everybody's got to see, and it's the secret identity that is the key to that little bit of human psychology that those comic books and now mega blockbuster movies are tapping into. Because deep in every human being's heart, we know that there is more to us than just this mild-mannered reporter for the Daily Planet. There is something more. We're not even sure what it is a lot of the time. I don't mean just Christians. I just mean every human being, we know there's something more. That's what this series is about. The fact is, that feeling that, that we are more is real because we are created by God to be more. We're created by God to be more than what the world keeps telling us we are. We're created by God to be more than what we keep telling ourselves we are. God really does have an amazing destiny in mind for each one of us. He has something in mind for you. Something you can do that nobody else can do the way you can. Some gift, some mission, some power, some ability that you can contribute to God's overall plan in a way no one else can quite lock in and fit. You are meant to be more. And God's grace and the Holy Spirit leading, you will be more. That's what God has planned for you for 2023 for 2025, for 2047, if you live that long. God wants you to be more. Today, in this series, I want to talk about this. God made us, made you to be more than a pleasure seeker. This is New Year's Day. Jeremy's right, we're all making New Year's resolution. A lot of our resolutions have to do with stuff we're going to give up. You know, I, I, 
all those desserts that I've been having for the last two weeks. Bye-bye. Right? I have to say goodbye to them. Some of you, you can eat anything you want, Amanda. And it doesn't seem to matter. But I have to say goodbye to those. Bye-bye. Right? And various other things. That's kind of what happens on New Year's Day. And I know, yeah, by February, fine. Thanks, Forbes. But um, God made us more than to be a pleasure seeker. But I want to be clear on what the theology is here. And, I, and I've said this before many times. This is something that Christianity has gotten wrong. And a lot of religions have gotten wrong. And a lot of wisdom traditions have gotten wrong down through the centuries. So I want to be really clear what the biblical theology is here about this. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. This is on the study sheet if you have that study sheet. James chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. How many good gifts are from God? According to James, every good gift. How many good gifts aren't from God? According to James, none of the good gifts that are in your life, none of the pleasant things that you experience are not from God. And this is a fundamental teaching. It's actually a fundamental teaching of the Old Testament. It's a little hard to parse it out, but it's in there. Because God made a good world. And the Jewish view was always the bounty of this world, the pleasures of this world, they are meant for us to enjoy and give thanks to God. And that theology passes over into the New Testament. Later, Christians and other groups kind of got on this kick of saying, yeah, if it feels good, it's probably wicked, and you probably shouldn't do it. But that came more from Greek philosophy than it came from what the Bible actually says. The Bible's view is pleasant things, good things, they come from God. The devil can't create any pleasure for you and doesn't want to. C.S. Lewis said a long, long time ago, if the devil could get you to sin and also take away the pleasure, he would totally do that. And in fact, that's exactly what he does do in the cases of the strongest addictions. He will make you continue to do the thing that's hurting you and take away all the joy that originally trapped you in that, in that addiction. So there's something you hate doing, but you cannot break out of doing it. All good things in your life, all pleasures that you have in your life, they come from God's hands as a gift to you. And that's the theology that I want us to ground this discussion on this morning. Um, we are meant to enjoy God's world. Everything pleasurable comes from God. And God takes pleasure in our pleasure in his presence. He enjoys when we enjoy the world that he has made. And the whole point is thanksgiving. Enjoyment 
expressing itself back to God in thanks and praise. That's what you see happening over and over again in the Psalms. You see that happening over and over again uh, in, in Old Testament and New Testament. Thank you for what we've received. And sincere. I have. This has been truly a blessing that I know comes from your hand, Father. That's the way it's meant to work. These pleasures come to us from God. But, as we all know, a little dessert is good, Jim. Too many desserts, not so great. Quit smirking at me. It's true, though. It's true. And here's the thing. Turn over to 1 Peter. This is part of what we read this morning. 1 Peter chapter 4. Look at verses 1 through 5 for a second. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what the pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, detestable practices. They are surprised that you don't join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Every pleasure in the world comes from God, but pleasure is not and can never be God. And, and the trap, just like money sets a trap for our souls, and power and honor and glory sets a trap for our souls, pleasure can set a trap for our souls when it starts whispering on our ears, really this is all there is. I am the only God that exists. But unfortunately, people who, who think that pleasure is all there is end up distorting what's happening inside of their souls. What's a harmless pleasure? Well, it doesn't do any harm to me. It doesn't do any harm to anybody else. It's a harmless pleasure. The trouble is... If I have no God in my life, playing with a harmless pleasure without God ends up harming me and other people. Because I don't have anything else to restrict myself by. What, is, what does Peter mention here? Look at the list of things he describes. Debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousings, and detestable idolatry. He says, they do these things, and they're surprised that you don't do them, and they heap abuse on you for not joining into them. That's an interesting psychological insight. Why do people find it irritating that you don't join in with their carousing and orgies and drunkenness and so forth? Why would that be irritating to them? Think about that for a second. 
two weeks ago when there was pecan pie, which is one of my personal favorites. I didn't get upset when other people said I won't have any. Taylor wouldn't have any. I said, more for me. I did not heap abuse on him. I said, I wish I had four more of you at my family. Because the other people all had pieces and it was almost gone. It was a tragedy. But, but when I'm engaging in orgies and drunkenness and debaucheries and this other stuff that Peter's describing, why am I a little upset that you won't do it? You hear people who engage in this lifestyle today, how do they describe it? Oh man, Friday night was wild. I, was, I went crazy. Why do they say that? Why describe it like that? There's two truths in that, right? One of the truths that's being expressed is, it's what I chose to do. The other truth, the hidden truth underneath it is, but if I was in my right mind, I wouldn't have chosen to do it. Because it wasn't good. I knew it was beyond the limits of what I should do. I knew it wasn't a good way to behave. And I find it irritating if you're standing back and being all righteous and smug and not doing what I'm doing when I know I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing myself. This isn't people saying, well, it says over here in Leviticus we shouldn't be behaving this way. That's not people reading their Bibles. This is people who already know with the law written in the heart, I shouldn't act like this. I shouldn't be getting drunk. I shouldn't be sleeping around. I shouldn't be going to these parties that are engaging in all of those activities and many more. I just shouldn't be doing that. That's just not the way I should be living. They already know that before the Bible ever says a word to them. That's the law written in the heart. And they know they're harming themselves. And they know they're starting to harm other people. And if you don't join in, you're kind of a threat, Peter says. Now, this is one of the areas where the voices from the world will really distort us because those who won't join into these behaviors uh, are perceived as a threat. The world has some very powerful voices to tell us, no, 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 this kind of behavior, the verse 3 behavior, that's actually normal. What you're doing, Christians, that's abnormal. This is normal. Look at Hollywood. Look at what's on, you know, media now, TV, streaming. Beautiful people doing most of the things that are listed in verse 3. Really attractive people. I mean, the people that are cast in Hollywood movies and in TV shows are more attractive than 99% of the people you're ever going to meet. Taller, too, for some reason. I guess that's part of it. I don't know. And, and I'm bombarded with that my whole life. Pretty beautiful people. People I wish I was like. 
dressed in clothes I wish I owned, driving cars I wish I could afford, living in houses that are slightly above what I can manage, living that lifestyle. Maybe something's wrong with me that I don't do that. Maybe something's wrong with me that I don't live like that. That's the message. That's the intent. Let me ask you something. If you watch a Spider-Man origin story movie, how much do you think you actually learn about radioactivity's effect on human tissue or spiders? Okay, that was a nerd joke. Some of you didn't even get it. Go watch a movie, it's good. If you watch a standard Hollywood story or a standard TV story as they are now, how much do you actually learn about the verse 3 behaviors? What it's actually like to live that lifestyle. Hollywood, we don't call Hollywood the documentary factory. We don't call it the reality factory. We don't call it the fact factory. What do we call Hollywood? The dream factory. Hollywood is selling you a dream. It is not reality. And we have to keep reminding ourselves, and one of the ways we keep reminding ourselves is exactly what Peter does here. He says, let's ground ourselves in what we know is the framing reality of the world, which is God and what he's doing in this world. He has saved us. And he is taking us somewhere, and he is bringing the world into judgment. And if we lose sight of those facts, if we lose sight of God as our Father, and the judgment that is coming, our pleasures are going to get all out of whack. Pleasures are not bad, but they can really get out of whack. And they start harming us, and they start harming other people. Flip back to James. I'm going to keep your place here, and Peter, we're going to come back to this. But flip back to James for a second. James chapter 1, look at verses 13 through 15. When tempted, nobody should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Nobody should say, well, God just made me this way. God is the one who's created me to do evil. If God didn't want me to behave like fill in the blank, then he shouldn't have made me with these desires. James says, don't be fooled. God has filled the world with good things for you to enjoy, verses 16 and 17. But he's never put anything in where he intends for you to do wickedly, for you to go beyond the boundaries. God never wants us to hurt ourselves or other people. If a pleasure is hurting us, it's us going beyond what God wants for us. This is a time when sometimes the voices in our own head turn against us and tell us lies. One of the times, Christians, when we're most vulnerable to temptations of the flesh, temptations of you know, bodily desires, 
is when we feel hurt or let down by the people around us. My boss, I'm really angry. Or even worse, people in my family, my children, my parents, my husband, my wife, people close, and they've hurt me. And so I turn to this pleasure of the flesh and I say, I deserve this. But I'm telling you, again, there's two truths in that. One is I'm making a choice. But the other is I wouldn't normally do this because it's not okay. But in this case it is because they're so bad or they've treated me so wrong that I now, it's all right. That's that voice in our head. And James said, don't listen to that voice. Listen to God's voice. God doesn't want you to ever hurt yourself. He doesn't ever want to take any pleasure that he's given you. They're a gift from him. He doesn't ever want you to take that pleasure to a place where it's damaging you, where it's harming you, and where it's harming the people around you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Stay within the boundaries that God has set up. Some of his boundaries, you just have to read his Bible to see what they are. Some of his boundaries have been in place for centuries. Some of them we have to figure them out because we realize this isn't a problem for some people, but this is a problem for me. This is damaging me, and I've got to rein myself back in in God's name with God's power. It's just the way it is. God made me more than just a pleasure seeker. In fact, God has a particular kind of pleasure in mind for us. Yeah, all the pleasures are from him, but he has a particular kind that he's leading us towards, I think. Let's go back to 1 Peter again one more time. 1 Peter 4, look at verses 7 through 11. I skipped over verse 6 because uh, I hear Jeremy really wants to preach on verse 6 sometimes, so I'm going to leave that to him. 1 Peter 4, verses 7 through 11. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do it as one who speaks the very words of God. Anyone who serves, do it with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. What's the pleasure that's behind that passage? What's the nature of the pleasures that are in that passage? It's all about people. It's all about people and God. The pleasures that God is tempting us towards, what he is leading us towards, are those kinds of pleasures. God made us to take pleasure in him and his people forever. Not just in this life. In this life, but not just in this life. On into eternity. 
And the best life is a life that does that, that there's a continuity between what you're doing now and what you'll be doing for eternity. I want you to do a thought experiment with me. How many of you liked what you got for Christmas this year? I did. I got, I got a drone. I've been having so much fun. I've already broken it five times. It's great. It's the best. I'm a terrible, terrible drone pilot, turns out. It's in the house, too, so it really creeps Yodi out. I'm having the best time with it. I love that. How many of you liked your Christmas gifts? What if I made you this deal? I will double the Christmas gifts that you got. Whatever you got, I will double them. As long as I can half the number of loving relationships you have in your life. No? No deal? Triple the Christmas gifts, half the relationships. Any takers? Quadruple? Quint Am I ever going to get to a number where you'd say, yeah, fine, get rid of them? Not really, no. At the end of your life, you're not going to say, oh, remember that drone I got back in 22? Oh, baby. That's not what you're going to be thinking about at the end of your life, on your deathbed. But you probably are going to be thinking about those faces that were sitting around that table, people that you talked to, memories that you shared, people that you missed and hope to see again in heaven. That's what you're going to be thinking about. Because that's really what you're built for. These other pleasures, they're like salt and pepper on the feast. But the feast is the people. And, and that's, what, that's what Peter is saying. He said, God built you so that you're pouring out his love into the people around you. Into his church, into, your, into the people that God has given you in your life. You're pouring out service. You're pouring out good words. You're pouring out, above all, he says, love. And, and, and when you're doing that, God is in you, flowing through you. And so that's the ideal state for you to be in and for you to be developing in. That it's you in these people. That's the pleasure that he wants most of all in you. His other pleasure, he adds those in too, just for fun. You know, just extras from time to time. But, but the real pleasure is that. And the cool thing about that pleasure is, it's right here, it's right now. And it will last past your death on into a thousand years, a million years a trillion years, eternity, beyond our comprehension. These people that you are pouring love into, you can enjoy forever. God made you more than a mere pleasure seeker. He made you for himself and for his people. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for your wonderful blessings to us. You fill our lives with so many good things for which we are thankful. And God, we, we want to enjoy them and we want to give you praise for them and feel you enjoying us, enjoying them. And God, we never want to go past the bounds of what's good and healthy. 
God, we want above all to enjoy our relationships with those around us that you've given us. God, we want, you, we want to express your love. We want to express your service. We want to express the gifts you've given us to help those around us. God, help us to find that deep, deep joy that is in that place. These things we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. If you need to respond to the invitation, if you need prayers or help or, or something, a request you need to make to the congregation, and you want to do that publicly, you can come forward in just a second and, uh, and tell us what your need is. Or if today is the day that you've decided to put on Jesus Christ in baptism, and we invite you to come forward, tell us what we can do for you as we stand and are led in song.